Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored. Putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Ruthless Equity. The name, Ken Williams. It is August 22nd, 9.40 a.m., and I'm already writing today's entry. I'm in the shower when Nicole brings me the phone. Jeannie, my assistant principal, is on the phone informing me that the power is out at school. I got cleaned up and arrived to work to find that the transformer had blown. Kids were pouring into a warm building, and it is critically important to have a calm presence. Jeannie's already there, and in charge and the adults just fall in line with the same demeanor our excellent district maintenance department was on the case again they worked in conjunction with georgia power to get things up and running so it's not even noon yet and the morning has already been adventurous Listen, I have revamped my professional development offerings. You can find them at unfoldthesoul.com. Touch the speaking tab. I've got two new offerings. The first is the three-hour virtual PD experience with me. And then the second is the in-person PD experience. Notice I don't call these presentations or workshops because I don't know. No, but I do know. I've gotten to a point in my career. One, my confidence is at an all-time high. I know equity like no one else. I know how to make it practical, tangible, meaningful. I know I could turn those states around who have foolishly banned equity from uh, any of their policies. I can help districts that have policies around equity, but they're spinning in circles, having conversations that don't lead to any kind of improvement in student learning. I can move your district from PLC light to PLC right because I explain PLCs like no one else. I simplify it. It's authentic. I can take all those moving parts that are swirling around you, all the moving parts and make them make sense. If you are interested in Advancing your mission of learning for all, advancing your mission of equity, excellence, and achievement for all students, regardless of background. If you're a fan of ruthless equity and um, want to move your staff or district forward with it, get at a brother now. Go to my site, go to my page, unfoldthesoul.com. It reminds me of, it reminds me of that book I read. It's called, uh, uh, reminds me of of nothing nothing and i got 950,000 1100 books behind me right now on this shelf and some of them are great 
but none of them are like Ruthless Equity. Ruthless Equity is a book like no other, explains equity like no other, speaks to you like no other, the coach on your shoulder, the guide on your side to move you from rhetoric to results regarding your journey with equity. Pick up a copy of Ruthless Equity at Amazon.com. If you are a fan, you've read it, take a minute, please, and leave a review on Amazon.com. Now, back to the podcast. All right, baby, let's get into this. I don't know what it is. I've always loved leadership, obviously. I mean, we're doing this podcast now in this fourth year, but I'm in the midst of writing a leadership book targeted at the leaders of that school. And I think it's just intensified um, my feedback for these podcasts because um, I'm just, I'm constantly thinking about 11,000, 1100, you know, 14 subtopics that I'm working on. Haven't figured out exactly what it's going to look like yet. But man, entries like this just remind me that everybody's not wired to lead that school, baby. You might be wired to lead other schools, but shit hit different at that school. It just does. It just does. Now, I think the leadership I talk about should apply to every school. But, um, you know, that school, you don't have that much margin for error. And... You don't have typically like a parent population who can hire tutors for the tutor. So shit's got to happen at the school. And there's something very powerful about leadership. This is a very short entry that, man, it just um, reminds me. It makes me proud that, you know, that I was thinking this way back then. And that is just like the team takes on the demeanor of the coach. I was listening to an audio podcast by Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, who's a very big time influencer, big entrepreneur, big in the marketing uh, and branding space. And he was he was talking about this earlier, how the team takes on the demeanor of the coach. And the more I dig into the leadership of that school the more it's about coaching I'm talking about like leading a team coaching not instructional coaching um, to me they're they're almost interchangeable you know I'm not going to get deep into it but something I was thinking about earlier was you know the fine line between accountability and responsibility is about mission right so when you're when you're a coach you're coaching a team well that team is on a mission like you know from day one what we're about you know why we bust our asses and do the drills and come to the practice and all those things and school is no different that's why i'm so tired of hearing about people's mission statements i don't give a shit about your mission statement your mission statement means nothing unless you are on a mission i don't know what that was just now um but you got to be on a mission so I know when I was leading that school, I'm not telling you like, you know, I didn't have to redirect behaviors or confront adult behaviors and stuff like that. But when I had to redirect a behavior or remind someone about what we committed to do, it was always in the context 
of our mission and what part you play in the mission and what your responsibility is as part of that mission. So I just think about that. But this entry in particular, I love it because, well, I'm going to give credit to my first principal. And I've, I've talked about him in past episodes, Ken Evans. And one of the things that really stuck with me that he taught me was that you you walk to a crisis. You walk to a crisis. Now, don't start writing a damn blog about shouldn't there be time where you run to a crisis? You get what I'm saying to you? I'm saying when I was an assistant principal with him and some hell broke loose, we walked with, we were intense, we walked with purpose, but he was all about setting that tone because while you're thinking about, you know, solving the problem or remedying the situation, people are thinking about that as well but they're also watching you. They take their cues from you. People want to be led and they take their cues from you. So what I learned from him is we're not running to a crisis. We're not going to be panicked. We're not going to be frenzied. And I've carried that with me 30 years later. When, when shit gets tight, my blood pressure, like my heart rate slows down. You know, I, my hearing becomes that much more focused. I don't know, like almost like a numbness comes over me. And it's my goal to not only solve the problem or deal with the issue, but to also send a signal to the rest of our staff about how we're going to conduct ourselves. Because here's one thing about that school. That school loves to be in survival mode. And this is the thing. On an August 22nd day in the Atlanta, Georgia, where uh, you can sweat going to check mail, Right, You can walk out of your front door, go check the mail, come back in the summer and need a shower. This is a, this, this is a survival mode circumstance, right? But at that school, survival mode is part of the DNA. And it's become accepted that everything is frenzied, right? That, that you know, woe is me. It's typical that it happens at this school. It's one of those things like when when stuff goes wrong at that school, it's so easy to just assign it to your lot in life, like your plight. But one of the things I'm writing in this new book is nobody gives a shit about your plight. You're not there to maintain the damn plight. And so what I loved about this entry was that survival mode was a circumstance. That's what it should be. At other schools, survival modes are circumstance, right? Some crisis hits and you got to figure things out. You walk into a building in the middle of the summer and it's hot as all hell. You got to figure some things out. That's survival mode. But what, But most, <clears throat> most schools that are that school are in survival mode 24-7. And that's something that the leader has to work their way out of. The leader has to change that narrative. I also love that... And I think something that Gary Vaynerchuk said is like, you know, the, 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 the team takes on the demeanor of the coach. I love that. So while Nicole brought me the phone, I'm in the shower and I got to get dressed and get to school. Jeannie was already there. Jeannie, my assistant principal, she was already there. She'd already set the tone. I mean, because I'm I'm pretty calm as it is. I'm not super excitable or dramatic or I'm not into histrionics. And she exudes a calm that's even calmer than my calm. So I love that I didn't have to be there for 
for the right demeanor, right? The, the, the right reaction, the right approach to take place. Like that, that's, the, that's, a, that's a huge testament to leadership that when you're not there, the culture endures. And so I love that. You walk to a crisis. And the fact that all the adults kind of fell in line with that kind of like, hey, we're going to work this out in the meantime. Let's just deal with this as it is. You know that your culture has turned a corner when you don't have to be there to make sure that happens all the time. And there's risk involved. There's risk involved in that. But I love that. The team took on the demeanor of the coach. Love that. Love that. Love that. And so how do you handle things at at your school? Because everybody's not wired for this. And one of the things I'm going to talk about are the characteristics that all leaders of that school must have. Whether you have a personality that's kind of out in front or you got that quiet conviction, there's still some things, there's some common threads that have to run through. And I can tell you this, everybody's got shit, right? I'm, I'm a super flawed human being. We're all flawed. We all have our stuff. We all have our stuff. If you one of the people that have to if you got to look like the hero or you need to manufacture uh, a drama to feel like you live in or I've seen principals in a situation like this one run around like with their heads cut off and sometimes it's about showing other folks that your work is challenging. It, there's no room for that at that school. There's no room for that. I'm telling you right now, if you're one of those people that, is it like a martyr complex? You know, you know those people who, uh, I almost say her position, but I worked with a teacher one time, man. It was her goal to, to let the world know like how hard she works and how difficult, how difficult her position it's just one of those things man people just go above and beyond and i've seen leaders do this where you know they react in a frenzied way here's here's how i can put it as i'm rambling if you wired for worry this ain't the place for you baby that school's not gonna be it for you if you wired for worry it's not gonna work you can't be wired for worry i don't care if you like, like I said, have an out front personality or you have a quiet conviction, both work, both are effective, but you can't be wired for worry. You can't be wired for panic because that's a that's a narrative you're trying to change that we're constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop and we can't do things like other schools and we can't, you know, conduct ourselves like other schools and we, you know, uh-uh. I get, I get so tired of hearing that. That won't work at our school because we are boo, because we're on that side of town, because we serving this population. That's all bullshit. I was determined that we were going to run that place like we were going to conduct ourselves as if we were a high-performing, like, private school, like an academy. That was our goal. And this was a step in that direction. You walk to a crisis, and ultimately, your team is going to take on your demeanor. So what are you giving off? What signals are you sending? Because it's not like it's it's not like um, you either have a demeanor or you don't, right? If your demeanor is 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 is, is right is, is is a step next to dead, then don't be surprised if your staff energy follows. 
If your demeanor has no conviction, don't be surprised. If your demeanor communicates everything is about management, don't be surprised. At that school, your demeanor has to be all about moving the mission forward. And again, not your mission statement. I can't wait to finish this damn book. Not your mission statement, the mission. That thing you're about where your backs are to the wall, where it's us against the world. Because that's when people, teachers, leaders, staff are at their best. And that is required to transform that school to the school. Oh my goodness, share this podcast with someone, please. I'm trying to get the numbers up, get folks listening. I mean, because I mean, I'm not all about clicks, but shit, I had some stuff planned tonight, but I was like, you know what? I got to get that podcast out. I thought I was going to do it like on the road tomorrow, but then I remember it has to be out by 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. And so uh, share the podcast with someone, pick up a copy of Ruthless Equity, if you are reading Ruthless Equity, your staff is engaged in it, get the book study. It's $295 and I facilitate the whole thing. Come on. In the meantime, remember to always start with the crown, not with the kid. The team takes on the demeanor of the leader. Share this podcast with someone. Connect with me through the notes. And may the bridges I burn light the way. You've been listening to the Ruthless Equity School Leadership Podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit RuthlessEquity.com.